Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 162 of the Pico Serenity podcast. Uh, I am, as always, one of your hosts, Emilson, and joining me, we have my co-host, Anomaly. Hello. And uh, we are back after a couple weeks off uh, for just IRL stuff, vacations, family stuff, all that kind of thing. Um, and man, a lot has happened. It is, yeah, it's been crazy. I, I picked, I think, the wrong week to have vacation because they've, yeah, there's been a lot of stuff has come out over the past two weeks. So it'll be, it'll be uh, an interesting episode. Yeah. Uh, in addition, I want to briefly mention one thing we're trying today, and we're probably going to try over the next few episodes, is cutting back on the time, the like length of the episodes from we had been hitting like an hour and a half. We're going to try going for an hour and see how it feels, uh, see if we uh, feel like we're covering as much fluff versus like the main topics that we want yeah. to want to really focus on. Um, but uh, but speaking of, of things happening, uh, how has your progression been? Have you, so you were on vacation. Did, did you actually uh, was, progress? So I, I have gotten one night in on echo. Uh, so we, we had killed, we killed Magmarax, you know, basically the, the day, the day or my last raid before vacation. Um, so I got like half a night there on echo while we were setting up week auras and like learning positioning and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I missed two raids. Um, and then I'm, I was back this week and, uh, and yeah, we, I was back in because we have, We've had a ton of roster changes. I don't think we've pulled with the same roster. It's another like oh, off no. of that. I think it was what was the last? I think it was even even Razageth was like this, where like we had one or two people different. Only this time we're having larger differences. We had a priest quit of our holy oh, priest, no. so our preservation evoker who had a priest ready, luckily, is going to play priest now, which means I'm in healing. Which means now we have monk buff because we didn't have monk buff before, but it also means Ooh. one of our tanks is left on a lengthy vacation um oh no so now we have a new we have a new tank uh plus it was one of our warriors so we're missing a shout so uh echo's been fun i think we're at about 100 110 pulls in about 34 percent. i think at this point if or no sorry even lower we're at like sub 10 percent uh wipes um but none of those have been clean zero deaths into p3 so i think if we can pull yeah. together a zero death p3 um we kill it right i think it's one of those fights where like if yeah. you get to P3 with all your raid alive, P3 isn't too difficult uh, in terms of like execution. So, so we we killed Neltharian on Friday. I think last time we had the podcast, I was still working on Scarn. Yeah. It is yeah. like how long it's been. And I guess kind of also how quickly the progress progression in this raid is going. Yeah. Um, we were still working on Scarn uh, and we killed it like the very beginning. We spent like 30 minutes on on it the next Friday. And it mm -hmm. was dead. And so then, like, Magmarax was dead that weekend, and we started on Neltharian, and now Neltharian died early on Friday. Um, nice. And it's basically the, like, what you're saying about, like, getting to phase three with everybody alive, and I think that is 100%, like, accurate. If you get to phase three and you haven't had, even if you've had to burn b but if you have all 20 people alive, yeah, you know, and make it through the second portal spot without really losing people or second yeah. uh second ebon destruction and that's really where we actually ran into some slight issues uh the boss positioning for that is very tight it's not like hard to do but it's like you have to get it right or you don't get the correct portal spawns and people's map recorders are just misleading because the portals that they're assigned don't exist exactly yeah 
Um, so we had a few pulls that like realistically could have been maybe kills if we had put the boss in the correct position. Um, but uh, yeah, we <laughs> then we came back in on Friday and we uh, we struggled around in phase one and phase two for a bit before we just like got back to phase three with everybody alive. We got the boss in the right position and then it died. Then it died, yeah. Yeah, I will say that I do not enjoy the boss at all. Um, I don't like the weak. I don't like the dependency on the weak aura because yes. of like because of how janky. Like it, this isn't like an Archimon like radar weak aura where like it's dynamic and it updates and like you can you know exactly where you need to position and it's fine. It's like the boss is in the right position. The portals don't spawn right, but even then, you sometimes get assigned to a position that doesn't have a portal for whatever yeah. reason, and so like. Or in my case, I did the right thing, downloaded the latest version of the week or that shows the map, uh, didn't show my green circle the entire night. And so I was just killing people. Like I killed like at least two two of our poles, I killed someone by just taking one of their portals. And so yeah. like had somebody send me a week or that like this mine works and like, I think it's like a version or two behind what's on Wago. Um, Interesting. But yeah, I'm like, I finally got a green circle and I was, I was cool. But yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's it's a fine progression boss. There's a. I mean, it's. I thought I'd hate it more. There's not as much line of sight issues as I thought. Um, yeah. With the walls, so so it didn't... one of the things that I think on PTR it had a thing where you had to take the hearts out of line of sight. Yeah. And that got removed. Um, I think it got replaced with a worse mechanic where the, the hearts were like insanely large circles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. but. Yeah, line of sight was not that big of a deal. I thought it was a fun progress fight. Once you got through these weak aura issues, like the weak aura stuff was honestly really frustrating. Yeah. Um, we had uh, some some roster stuff that we had to deal with during progress on this boss. And so like our first raid, not, raid night on this boss, we're like setting everything up and getting everything good to go. And we have a second night on the boss and everything's going well. And then the third night, we have to swap like four people. Oh, Jesus. And a couple of them had already got everything set up. A couple of them had been out of town on vacation, hadn't set things up. One guy literally got back in town like the, the afternoon of that raid night. And so had not gotten everything set up. And um, so we didn't. <laughs> uh, we we spent like an hour that night just doing week or stuff all over again. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the annoying part. But um, but if you kill it, so congrats on Echoes. That means you've got. Have you gotten some Sark Sarkreth pulls in? We got about two hours on Sarkreth on Friday. Um, we have we have made it into phase two, which is honestly faster than I was expecting because phase one is just so much damage, absolutely yeah. ridiculous amount of damage going out. Um, and uh, we've made it into phase two, not with everybody alive, but like 18, 19 people alive, right? Oh, so nice, nice. there's still a long way to go towards like making it there with nobody dead. It, so we don't have to blow up your res mm -hmm. um, and uh, and all that. But making good progress, uh, we go back in tonight. And, you know, I think the main focus is going to be learning the phase two dance so that we can have everything set up good for uh, for phase three. But yeah, uh, Sarkrath is going good so far. Um, very few. It's so weird going from Neltharian where it's like, Weak aura central, you just have to have these big assignment weak auras yeah. that uh, to to Sarkarath where you just don't. Yeah. You just don't. There's like reminder weak auras for people 
but it's like, okay, you two are the first bombs in phase two, and you two are the second bombs in phase two. And you could just memorize that. You could just yeah. remember that. You don't need an assignment week order for it. Uh, and the only only other like assignment week order thing that we have is an interrupt week aura for okay. the big ad in phase two. Um, yeah. So it's nice. going good so far. It's going good so far. Nice. Yeah, our goal is, I think, try and kill Echo this Tuesday coming up, and then we'll all be on we'll be on Starcrest together. So, um, well, cool. Well, yeah, it's a little little bit of a catch up there. Yeah, we made a lot of progress. Um, so I guess maybe uh, jump into a little bit of review of things that have happened over the past, say, two ish weeks. A lot of this is really just from the past week, but um, a couple of things we wanted to to sort of talk about or bring up. Um, so the first one is uh, Trial of the Grand Crusader launched. Uh, on Wrath Classic and was defeated in 19 minutes and 41 seconds. Yep. Um, by the Guild Progress, they beat Beef Bar by six seconds, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Trial the Grand Crusader out there. Um, another fun progression thing with with Classic. I don't know if you rated this one, but this this raid will always have a super special place in my heart because I ended up being. They've actually changed this in in Wrath Classic, but in original Wrath. Um, for a Nubarak, you had what they called a block tank, where if you could guarantee you had max block at all times, um, you could tank all of the ads right on top of him. Um, yeah. And the thing is with the ads is like, I don't know how they do it now. I think you can stun them and they just have a bunch of DPS. But at the time, if any of the two little ads are near each other or near the boss, they gain attack speed. Right. And so the idea yeah, is that's you, still the case. Oh, it's still the case. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if you tanked all four of them together, your tanks would get obliterated because the mobs would be attacking like every quarter second or something ridiculous. But yeah. if you had max block, you essentially reduce the damage um, to a more manageable level. So I was the block tank there. It was really fun. The positioning was so specific because like you couldn't have them hit you from behind because you only block when a mob is from the front. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it was a it was a fun boss. It was a fun raid. So I liked it. It was it had a lot of different interesting fights. It was like. It was probably the first version of a like mini tier that they ever did. So similar to like uh Hersia or like what is it, Trial of Valor, um yeah. like Odin and those guys, um, that tier. And then the one that no one did, Unat's tier. <laughs> the Unat tier, yeah. Yeah, the Unat tier in, in BFA. Yeah. So I mean it was their first shot at I think doing I think they called it like a full tier, but to be fair, it was five boss or five encounters and like Yeah. It was all it was even pretty quick from a progression progression point of view back then. So yeah, um, it was also the the introduction of uh, like raid difficulties. It was the first yeah. uh, heroic raid, um, so there's that going for it. Uh, and yeah, limited attempts too, I think. Um, there was an achievement. There was not limited attempts. There's an achievement that gives you a, a high item level cloak for completing it with fewer than fifty wipes. Gotcha. Yeah, and then there was one. I think there was even there's an achievement if you do it without anyone dying plus not wiping. Yeah. So uh I, I can say that um every every group that I looked at that had cleared the raid that had killed all five bosses did it yeah. with like fifteen or fewer wipes, right? Yeah. It far, far below the 50, 50 wipe cutoff. But then there's, you know, the long tail of people just like the the four of five uh yeah. clears on heroic that uh that did not so yeah it's uh it's funny it's funny how close the race was six seconds for between first and second which is which is crazy 
I don't want to spend too much time on this, but there was a little bit of drama because some people figured out a way to skip some of the RP. Oh, really? Which oh, when your margin out, is right? is six seconds, right? Like that matters. Yeah. I don't know exactly how they did it. I heard about it secondhand. I was actually busy doing bug fixes because I broke things um, nice. on on Warcraft logs. Um, but it, uh, it, it apparently was a thing. So That's interesting. That's funny. Um, but yeah, we can. I mean, congratulations to Progress for winning Beef Bar being second. I think those two guilds generally are, are two of the top on Classic, so um, good for them. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, I guess speaking about moving back to retail stuff, um, for Retail Hall of Fame, uh, it is now closed or will be closed at the end of this week. Um, so Hall of Fame for Mythic Avarice will close at the end of this week. Um, so if you're trying to get there, if you're close, you know, put in that extra time going to overtime and You'll be immortalized as I think it's the first dual or like single uh, yep. listing, right? So there's no longer yeah. Horn Alliance, of course. It's just the first 200 guilds now to kill. Yeah, and Sakura. that's it. Definitely, um, I think it got easier to get into it as a Horde guild, but oh, of course, yeah. harder to get into it as an Alliance guild. Um, you know, if we had. We needed to be like two hours of raid time faster before yeah. Scarn in order to be able to take advantage of the cheese, which then just cuts off, you know, a week of raid. Yeah, time. one reset. Yeah, basically you, get, you gain a reset. Yeah. And if we were at that point now, there's things like that would have put us spending a week on Neltharian before his nerf mm-hmm. to the size of the volcanic hearts. So maybe we would have lost it back there, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, if we had been just that little bit faster, it really does boil down in some ways to that, like, two hours before um, before the, the Skarn situation, you know, which would yeah. have enabled us to just, you know, grab 40 or grab 20 people. It does not, like, the comp check on that was just not a thing. And just go in there and, and cheese the boss on, like, a Thursday. And then mm-hmm. go work on Magmarex on our actual raid night. Um, but because we weren't in that position, right? We had to spend that extra week on Skarn. Um, I don't want to say like we would have gotten Hall of Fame, but we would have been like easily the closest that we had ever been. Like yeah, way, way, way closer than any previous tier. Um, but, uh, you know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I think that's that's the most annoying part. I think of this tier is, is Skarn, and and I guess we'll get into that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, close. Um, then in other news, there are some hot fixes coming up uh, this Tuesday. Um, so with the well, we'll say with the weekly resets this week, so Tuesday, you know, Wednesday if you're EU, um, that do affect monks. Windwalker is getting a flat aura buff of three percent more damage. Um, I don't know if this matters they probably don't care no, um <laughs> but uh but more damage for for your windwalker monks this week if you still run one um we don't because they're not good um we there's also feral druid three percent blood decay uh six and a half percent i don't know uh demon hunter got like five different abilities buffed by 15 percent um yeah. small bm buffs uh, Shadow Priest got basically a rework. Um, again, for literally again. the 10th time this expansion. Um, God. And, you know, 
pretty substantial changes for just like a weekly hotfix. Um, that is, yeah. I think I'll take I think it. our our demon hunter definitely was, we'll say excited. Um, yeah, he only plays demon hunter because we don't have another one. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they'll look they'll look a little bit better. So, um, but cool. I think that's it for at least sort of the weekly stuff. There was a fairly large update to PTR. So the the ten one five PTR got a pretty substantial update this week. Um, contained a bunch of changes particularly for if we focus on a couple classes maybe not monks and we'll talk about monks but mages got a ton of different of, of reworks both damage increases decreases across fire and frost um augmentation had some pretty substantial updates too to a lot of their buffs and what they're doing um so it's sort of good that they're trying to zone in or hone in on the augmentation pieces and then um paladin got a holy paladin specifically um got Almost a not a, I wouldn't say another like complete rework, but a lot of changes that sort of push them maybe towards a more caster focused spec uh, versus the melee one that they do have. So interesting. Um, in terms of like monk specific stuff, uh, the I, I guess well I guess one other thing before the monk stuff, there was one uh, item that was nerfed, uh, the seal of Diurna, uh, which is the uh, ring off of Aaron Aaron, yep. um, was nerfed by twenty five percent. So. That basically pushes it off. I know that we had we were talking about before the podcast started, but I, we still farm Aranog for one of our or one or two of our players because they need a ring. It was still really good. It was going to continue to be good until this change. Um, so this is a ten one five change, but you know, ring yeah. no longer really required going in there. Uh, the, and then you had mentioned they nerfed the stones, right? The yeah, the the ring. onyx ring also getting nerfed uh, by forty percent. Yeah. Um, I think this still puts them both in the realm of like being competitive for tanks with stat mm -hmm. rings. So, gotcha. uh, but not so much that it's like you must be wearing these or you're actively throwing, right? Like if you're not, mm -hmm. if right now in 10.1, you are not wearing the Onyx ring as a tank, you are making a mistake and you should go get one. Um, the Aeronog ring is a little bit harder because you need a mythic one. Um, you can no longer socket them, so like you can't get a mythic socketed one particularly easily. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you played season one, like I have a mythic socketed speed one, I think actually, um, because it turns out it was really easy to get them if you only killed Aranog and Primal Council for your vault slot every week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because the only two things on your loot table, yeah, makes it easy. Um. um but yeah, so those are those are the last numbers that I saw. Still good, so you're not gonna like have to immediately replace them when the patch comes out. But especially with the ability to get 447 uh, rings through crafting with perfect stats and sockets, you're probably going to replace them. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's a, those are two, I think, big changes items. It just means, I mean, healer-wise, too, the, the Onyx ring at least was very good. And um, people were starting to replace it as you get to, like, max level, like, mythic item level type, type, stuff, uh, type stuff. Right. But even for Mistweaver, like, it's still those those gems are, like, 6 to 8% of my healing on any given fight, which is a massive amount, right? I think yeah. rings sort of start to tip over around the 6-ish percent mark. So, like, once the, the gems do, like, less than 6% of your healing, it's a good time to, you know, replace it. But 
Yeah, it just means that I'll have to find a new ring here in the next couple of weeks uh, for the monk. Um, oh, uh, one thing that we actually missed uh, that I do want to mention while we're on the subject of what you replace your items with, you can now, in addition to buying a socket with the like pity currency from the Great Vault, you can buy half of a spark, which is useful if you are anticipating having to replace items uh, mm-hmm. with 1015. It can give you a couple of extra sparks that you can work with to go and replace those rings, for example. So that's actually what I'm doing right now. Um, I don't really have any like high value socket stuff. I could get like a socket or I could, well, I did this week as I picked up an extra spark, which lets me craft an extra thing this week. Gotcha. Um, and then, you know, when 1015 comes out, I'll have more sparks to throw at making rings basically. Nice. Yeah, oh yeah, that's true. I need to maybe pick those up next week since I'm all socketed out. So, um, but cool, yeah. And then there were so I, maybe on the monk changes. I think we're going to do a deep dive on the brewmaster changes. I'm assuming this is a part of the the, yeah. the ten one five stuff. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we know there's brewmaster changes. We'll talk about them in a couple minutes. There's a couple other yeah. talks we want to get to before we get to that. Um, I guess one thing on Mistweaver, which is this easy, is just there's a there was a damage reduction on awakened feyline, or sorry, um, a healing reduction on awakened feyline. Um, it's now seventy percent of the damage done versus seventy five percent. This is just based on the fact that global damage has gone up. They're just sort of adjusting the healing component to keep it in line with what they expect. So not a generally a zero net zero change um, in terms of the healing awakened feline produces. Um, one big thing that also sort of dropped on ten one five this week uh, was all of the or a lot of brand new items from the new mega dungeon. So there's a new mega dungeon coming up called Dawn of the Infinite. It's essentially like the Mechagon dungeon of this expansion. Um, and they all contain an interesting set of new stats. Um, so there's four new stats that have currently been data mined. Um, there is Time Strike, which no one knows what it does just yet. It's just a 10% chance to do something. Um, I hate those so much. I hate, uh, yeah. Like the the same as the stupid trinket from the other side in Shadowlands. Like yeah. the, the, the use question mark, question mark, question mark one, I like people figure out what it does i like just tell us give us at least some idea of what it does if you can't give us an idea of what it does then it's just a bad effect right or like i mean i think the idea too is like and we could maybe we talk about this just real quick is it it would be fine if they tell us what it what what it does like a blue post don't put it in the tooltip like leave the tooltip flavor for like a normal player i I think put it in the tooltip but like time strike like Okay, so one of the issues with that trinket from Shadowlands is that it could do anything, but you never wanted it to do anything. You wanted it to do one thing. And well, so yeah, the whole a- thing was basically figuring out how to cheese the things that you could always get the thing that you wanted because that thing was so ridiculously powerful because it was supposed to be balanced out by getting yeah. the other things. Um, but then there's also like the, you know, if you don't tell a player what an item does, in some sense like does it do damage does it do healing does it do what does it do then the player cannot decide whether they want to put the item on or not yeah that's fair i mean i i would counter that with like i think that's one that's one way to look at it the other the other idea is there there needs to be some sort of flavor around it so i i get the use question mark question mark question mark probably a bad example of like them doing it but like yeah 
but like if they said like you know use for like some sort of offensive effect like i know there's probably a better way to write it but that way you know the trinket is used offensively and so like you might not know if it's like a dot or a direct damage piece or anything like that but yeah and that's kind of my my point is that it's like they don't have to like list out use pick one of the following at random a b c d e f g right it doesn't have to be that but something that like you know imagine if that trinket had been use uh increases your damage question mark as yeah. it's just like it can still be flavorful and mysterious and like ooh, what does this do let's figure out what it does and how to use it but uh-huh. it doesn't need to be like so wide open and useless like I, I mean it's it's it wasn't useless because it always basically you could just always use it on pull and it would always give you the huge stats and you just fucking prayed that it would give you the stats yeah. on later ones um yeah and um all that but like these items that are just like i i hate these ones where it's like it could be anything and one of the things is just absurdly good and it it basically means that you just like use it and you hope that you get the good thing yeah that sucks i hate that yeah that's fair that's uh so i hope the time strike is not that i hope that it's just like I mean, some kind of like, I mean, it's some kind of proc on hit, but yeah, I mean, it seems, it seems like there's an interaction. Cause like the rest of them, so time strikes the first one, which doesn't seem to have a, a corresponding effect, but then like demons Bane seems to appear on the new Gorehound weapon or Gorehowl weapon. I'm sorry. Um, and it, you know, does something with the effects of Gorehowl, um, which is interesting, like applying a bleed, um, but only to demons. So it's interesting. Um, Scourge Bane, very similar type weapon. Instead of on demons, it does additional damage or triggers damage on undead enemies with Lion's Light. And then finally, Spirit's back on only a single cloth piece. So, And it gives mana, which is Ray. also what Spirit did <laughs> yeah, back just, in the day. Yeah, so I, interesting new, like, I don't think these are tertiary. I think these are very similar to, like, I think they're... Uh, we haven't really seen it, but they're on specific items and it doesn't seem like they can roll additionally. It means like the item just comes with this additional like yeah. stat on it. So um yeah, we'll I see th- we'll see what happens. I, I think that these are I don't think these are actually going to be treated as stats. Yeah. They're more like the the kind of you know, on equip text, but just written very differently from how it's normally written. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so then, so that, that new stats on items and weapons, which is interesting. Um, and then there is also, um, the trinkets came out. So they released the trinket. So there's basically one trinket for each role. So melee trinket, um, caster trinket, healer trinket, tank trinket. And then there's one universal trinket. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to look at it. I know the healer trinket is of the vein of like, it's an on use that stores additional healing or a percentage of your healing and then uses that percentage of healing like whatever it uses it it sort of collects up when someone falls below 35 percent health we've had other trinkets like this they're not very good <laughs> um primarily just because of like the fact that you don't have control over when someone gets low and then also you are not storing healing all the time it's i think you have to use the use the or use the trinket it's on a two minute cooldown so basically you have to make sure you're healing a bunch in a two like a 10 second window and then not let anybody fall below 35 percent until like the next big event so it's a it's a weird 
trinket to use, we'll say. Yeah. From a human um, point of view. I'll mention that I know this is like the tiny wimey dungeon, but everything has haste on it. All the trinkets have haste on it. They give like yeah. big haste procs, which is just well, we'll get to why it might actually be good for Brewmaster in 10.15, but right now it none of it is super good. There is the tank trinket's a cheat death trinket. They're situationally useful. You're not gonna wear it all the time, but sometimes you're really glad you have it. So like that's a good one to just have available, right? Mm-hmm. And frequently it doesn't matter what item level these are. Um, like I used a uh, Kael'thas uh, cheat death trinket on Jailer progression. You know, three tiers later. Um, yeah. So it's or two tiers later. It's uh, it's the effect doesn't need to scale really. So you can get it on on any difficulty, any item level, and just kind of like have it in your back pocket for if you need to cheat death. It does have a longer, an even longer cooldown than than the Kael'thas one at eight yeah. minutes but um you know if you need to cheat death you need to cheat death yeah i feel like they're i feel like they'll always put one of these in other oh, right uh, this is the first one in the expansion that we've got yeah um, but i mean like i feel like though i think i feel like there's always going to be one cheat death drink in every expansion sorry that what i didn't really, yeah, yeah, yeah like fully so, like <laughs> we got uh we got dagger haft in in um Nighthold that I think was the first one, and it was also buggy as hell and didn't work, so it was not actually a very good cheat death trinket. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and also tanks were just ludicrously powerful, so you didn't need it. Gotcha. Um, one other ten one five thing, which I actually didn't put in the notes, but just just something just triggered me to to remember this is that with ten one five two, they are enabling cross realm trading of items. Oh yeah. So that's going to be, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I, for, I think for me, the biggest, I think it's cross faction or is it just cross realm or cross faction too? Let me find if I can find it real quick as we're talking about this. Um, I hope it's also cross faction because that would make things like, you know, we would complete yeah. the raid um, and then have to give out loot. And it's like, oh, I'm an alliance character. And it's like, ah, let's fly back to the raid so we can yeah. trade. Let me see if faction. Yeah, so it seems like uh, it's faction and realm. So it's both. Yeah. Good. Um, Good. So yeah, so now you can sort of trade things in guild if you have like a cross faction guild, or I think they mentioned specifically like a like a raid stack that is not all in the same realm, um, but you just do it with like the same people every week. You can sort of trade trade consumables stuff like that between the group. So um, good, good little change there. Good little change there. Um, well, cool. I will. Let's. I mean, we we sort of mentioned it or briefly hinted about it. But let's talk a little about these brewmaster changes. I know that you specifically were like, "I'm going to do a special episode just about brewmaster changes." I, I wanted to. I wanted to. So, uh, and basically, like the people that were working on it were like, "It's too early, man." And I'm like, "You're right. You're right." But also, I do okay. want to talk about it. Yeah. So let's uh, so, let's let's get into it. Let's get into it because I'm excited for this. So I know nothing okay. about it other than so maybe I'll give the intro and then you can talk about the changes because I think okay. they added. Is this a new spell? They added a new spell called Press the Advantage. Yes. Which has a bunch of stuff about like it's like has stacks. Um, it's got like an on hit nature damage thing. The tooltip trigger- for this thing is so long. Yeah, um, it's got like so really, much stuff going on. It doesn't do that much. So um okay. I actually want to before we get into that, I want to mention one other thing. Okay. Um that is just a nice little quality of life thing uh for brew. Um I'm pulling up the talent tree. This is from from the PTR. On Wowhead, um, Counter Strike and Facepalm had their positions flipped, which means that you no longer have to take Facepalm to pick up Counter Strike and Mythic Plus, which is oh, good okay. because you 
facepalm was purely like tiger palm related uh whereas counter strike also impacted spinning crane kick and gave you like a damage double on spinning crane kick and so you wanted that for mythic plus but you didn't care about facepalm but you had to spend two points for counter strike you don't have to do that anymore you can just pick up counter strike so that's like just a just a quick little thing um this is a very nice little quality of life change for brewmaster um and then there's press the advantage okay so (laughs) one of the things about brewmaster for the whole like expansion has been that this just got a bajillion buttons there's so many buttons on this spec um press the advantage removes two of them weapons of order and tiger palm this is a passive talent that replaces tiger palm and basically what it says uh is uh well okay the initial version was just your auto attacks uh reduce your brew cooldowns by half a second per hit uh deal additional nature damage increase your damage done to them stacking up to 10 times and then at 10 stacks your next rising sun kick or keg smash uh consumes it to uh strike to basically hit a second time like if you remember the i mean it's basically like the windwalker like rising sun kick proc thing from from bfa where you just like kicked a second time yeah or the old um one stave off from legion for brewmaster where you could keg smash and your keg smash could proc a keg smash yeah um except in this case um the second hit does do everything the first hit did including stuff oh. like cooldown reduction it can't then for like it doesn't chain like stave off did which is probably the reason stave off didn't give you <laughs> like cooldown reduction on every hit yeah. but it, it it does actually trigger that stuff a second time and that second hit benefits from anything that would have buffed tiger palm oh okay and so that's where things start getting spicy um the uh there were changes to it this week. I'm going to briefly talk about these before getting into the interactions with Tiger Palm buffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and the changes this week, the main ones were uh, it only triggers on main hand attacks. Um, that still makes dual wielding better than two-handed weapons because mm-hmm. dual wielding... Uh, well, actually, there's also... Now it, it triggers on attempted melee attacks, not, not just on successful hits. When you're dual wielding, your auto attacks have a chance to miss. Um, right, yeah. And uh, that ends up working out to making it like 30% faster stat gain on um, dual wield than on two-handed builds. Mm -hmm. So you are still incentivized to use uh, two weapons. Whether you like that or not, you know, that is currently how the numbers work out. Um, Then... There's a couple of bug fixes that aren't really relevant because they only were like it's PTR bugs, right? Um, and then uh, they nerfed. So Cheese Surge is the talent below this that currently, you know, when you use weapons of order, you get a dot on targets around you that um, also reduces the cooldown on weapons of order. Well, it was triggering every time that you consumed that 10th stack of press the advantage uh-huh. at full value which was enormous amounts of damage. Um, and so now that got reduced. It does, it's like half value now for, um, for gotcha. press the advantage triggers. Um, but then we get into like all the different effects that buff Tiger Palm because Tiger yeah. Palm as a spell does not do very much damage by itself. Um, 
So there's a lot of modifiers in the Brewmaster tree that increase Tiger Palm damage by 100% or 50%, you know, these kind of big numbers. And when you take those and you put them on Rising Sun Kick or on Keg Smash, yeah. things get very different. Um, <laughs> so the easiest one to control um, is definitely Blackout Combo. So there's also, there's an, I wanted to talk about this as well. I don't know if we'll have time, but. Uh, there's a build running around right now for pure single target where you actually do go back to the Legion like Blackout Combo Tiger Palm okay. uh, rotation. Uh, not exactly the old, old rotation because we have a lot more buttons now. Um, but that same kind of idea and that was like current. It beat the rank one on Magmarex by like 6k DPS, uh, wow. stuff like that. Um, and so that's been running around like I think Nishbrew from Peak. If you want to go bother him in Brew Lounge, I'm sure he would enjoy it. Um kind of like was the first one that I saw at least that was like really executing that at a high level and now it's it's spread. Um, yeah. But Tiger Palm's effect on Blackout Combo just reads uh, Tiger Palm's damage is increased by 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That works on Keg Smash and on Rising Sun Kick with Press the Advantage. Oh, interesting. Um, initially, the Keg Smash AoE, like it was not buffing the AoE part of the Keg Smash, just like the main target hit. I don't know if the current one is buffing aoe i think it's supposed to but i'm not sure that it is i need to actually check on that um but then there's also stuff like i mentioned counter strike counter strike says each time you dodge or an enemy misses you your next tiger palm or spinning crane kick deals 100 increased damage face palm tiger palm has a 50 percent chance to deal 200 percent of normal damage <laughs> So that's that'll stack then. That all stacks. Oh Jesus! Okay, um, that's the hilarious. largest. The largest rising sun kick that I've seen is six hundred fifty k. Jesus. Okay. Um, that is for those keeping track at home. That is one beacon to the beyond of damage. <laughs> and that thing wild. does a lot of damage. Now that's that wild. is that is the stars align. Like face palm doesn't have a buff. It's just a proc. Uh, so there's just a chance that you get yeah. that right um but it's a 50 percent. it's 50 50 counter-strike is a buff you can track it you can play around it blackout combo obviously something you can play around and then of course there's stuff like bone dust brew um that you know if you have all of your stars aligned you hit for 650k on rising sun kick bone dust brew can of course copy that hit at 40 percent effectiveness Mm-hmm. Um, making that a hit, you know, effectively about a million damage. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... Jesus, dude. That's crazy. It's <laughs> it's crazy. Um, among other things that this does, it really, really buffs the value of Wind Fury Totem. Um, before oh, yeah. some of the nerfs to press the advantage this weekend, or this week, um, Brewmaster was, I think, second on actual like raw dps gain from wind fury totem with press the advantage um okay which now it's dropped quite a bit but it's still Mm -hmm. good um and uh this scales really well off of haste because haste increases your auto attack rate uh whereas crit and verse do not there's some weird stuff going on where um right now you're, you want to put this on Rising Sun Kick in single target. And you don't 
Um, you both gain stacks too slowly to use it on every Rising Sun kick. And gain stacks too quickly to use it on every other Rising Sun kick. It's like in between the two. Yeah. Um, and so there's like some weird stuff there, but in general, like, I don't know the current optimal rotation stuff. Kate's been working on that, putting a ton of work into getting um, press the advantage functioning in Simsy, which is now mostly operational and then working on the rotation. Uh, there's a few different ideas that people have been, have been cooking up. Like maybe you, maybe you do build haste now and that makes you get stacks faster because you auto attack faster. And then that lets you like use it on every rising sun kick. But then is it worth losing the crit inverse that then buffs your big hits? Right. right. Do you want more f frequent ones or do you want bigger ones and that kind of thing? Um, so there's like that thing, people figuring that out. Um, and I honestly don't think that we're done with changes to press the advantage because this thing is ridiculous. <laughs> um, just absolutely ridiculous. That's um, awesome. Uh, yeah, and so in what this does, it reduces the number of buttons that you have by two. Um, mm -hmm. There's actually another set of changes to the the class tree actually that is targeted at fundamentally the same thing. Uh, the diffuse magic and dampen harm nodes are now choice nodes with passive defensive gains. Um, so one of them, like dampen harm's choice node, is your dodge chance is increased by ten percent. Gotcha. Uh, and the diffuse magic one is you gain a stacking absorb shield that only absorbs magic damage up to like 10% of your health. And so what both of these are good for is if you don't, if you're not doing content where you need the uh, cooldown, mm -hmm. you can take the passive power gain and have one fewer button that you need to manage. So if you picked a bunch of the new passive options from uh, 10.15, you could, you know, cut like four buttons off of your your action bars now mm -hmm. only two of those are rotational actually only one of those is rotational only tiger palm is rotational um but it's still you know not having to push weapons of order not having to think about you know uh diffuse magic or dampen harm um yeah. and i think for a lot of players they're doing like uh even up to even up to 20s in some cases like just not having like to think about using your cooldowns is going to be better. There's a lot of keys that you just don't need that many right. cooldowns as a brewmaster. As you push higher, you absolutely do need them. But as you push higher, I think the expectation is that you can manage that additional complexity. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it seems like, I mean, the, the changes seem crazy, right? Like the, the high yeah. roll, the ability to high roll, this seems, it seems pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah, be interesting to see how it, how it plays out for you guys. Um, yeah. The like the interesting thing is that it reduces the number of buttons, but that reduced button rotation is actually probably more involved. Gotcha. Yeah. Um yeah. so yeah, it's 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 a thing. It's a thing. There's also so um I I have a lot of stuff that I'm gonna have to do for like the WoW analyzer support for all of this. Mm -hmm. Um but also I have a now this time like immediately before all of this came out the blackout combo tiger palm thing kind of came out. And so I was like, okay, how do I deal <laughs> with this? There's no talent differences for the blackout combo talent 
or tiger palm like rotation from just yeah. the regular rotation. It's the same talent. It's identical talents. Oh, and, interesting. Interesting. Um, the only difference is what you're using your combos on. And so like using it on keg smash and breath of fire is less damage, more tanky, except in AOE where it's more damage and also more tanky. Um, versus like the the um tiger palm one that is just more raw single target single target output but only if you really really are good at getting like all of your blackout blackout casts getting them all in shard passions getting all your like do not cast tiger palm without the buff all the stuff um so i have to figure out how i how i like auto switch the rotational stuff based on what you did to like pick out and give like good feedback because like if i if you look at i played the tiger palm one on magmarex yeah um and i got like rank seven which i i I went from our first night where i wasn't playing it to our our second night where i was playing it and i went up genuinely uh 13k dps jesus okay um but it's like magmarex is basically the perfect fight for it because it's 100 percent uptime on the boss pure single target no ads none of that um, so it's like the one fight where it's like really ex- exceptionally good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I have to figure out for WoW Analyzer how I automatically switch the rotational analysis to that. Yeah. Because if you look at my Magmarex, it's just like, you screwed up, man. You screwed up. All your combos <laughs> are going into Tiger Palms. You're not supposed to do that. But I was doing that intentionally and it did work well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, cool. I mean, it sounds like at least some some cool changes to, to Brewmaster. I know you guys have been sort of clamoring for something, so it's cool that Brewmaster is... Yeah, I think Brewmaster is honestly in a really good spot right now, at least for like yeah. the content that I do, which is, you know, 20s, maybe pushing up into 20, 22, 23 kind of territory, nothing super high. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just raid. Like, it's really good in raid. Uh, it does a lot of damage. It brings buffs. Actually, the monk auras are actually quietly very good. Like, yeah. Don't tell anybody, but eight percent increased healing received is really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hidden, hidden from logs, so most people don't see it. But yeah, yeah. Um, um, but this does hopefully, hopefully, it ends up in a point where the new rotation that uses press the advantage is not like heinously complicated, so that you know people that are struggling with just the raw number of rotational buttons that Brewmaster has and cooldowns and all this stuff can just go like, okay, I'm going to play the passive options and I'm not going to worry about it and have a rotation that is more accessible to them. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, it seems like the talent's doing a ton of stuff. I mean, the, the tooltips definitely got a lot in it, but it seems like even just selecting the talent is like a an interesting change to the way that Brewmaster plays, so. Yeah. Um, well, cool. That's I mean, that's crazy for, again, sitting here talking about like, a dot five patch that introduced a bunch of changes like this yeah. just a brewmaster and it's not the only class right like we, we mentioned at the start like mages are getting you know fire and frost are getting some pretty significant changes augmentation is a new spec being introduced is is crazy and then yeah um yeah all that yeah i can't wait my my evoker is 424 now getting up nice, there has nice. four piece so i'm i'm working on my mage uh because they're killing rune of power and i cannot be more excited <laughs> that's true that um is true. So my my mage is not quite 424. It's I think up to like 415. I gotta I actually might try and get a few more eye levels so I can go to our all heroic tomorrow night. 
Yeah, no, I I need a I did all of Hero. I did all of LFR normal and everything but Echo and Sarkarath on heroic. The the plug yeah, I was in yeah. fell apart, but I need another I need a chance at legendary, you know. Yeah. My yep. Boker legendary. Um well cool. Anything else on the the brewmaster changes or anything else in 1015? Uh no, that's like man, there's just we are going to hit 1015. And we're going to have a rotate like an initial like here's what to play initially, but mm-hmm. I think the big thing to keep in mind is that um, that's going to change almost certainly. Like we're yeah. gonna have an initial rotation that is unlikely to be the actual final rotation that everybody settles on for ten point two. So yeah, and I guess one thing we didn't mention I I missed this in the news somehow, um, but we do have a release date for ten one five. Oh yeah, July eleventh, uh, right? July, yeah, July eleventh. It comes out. So, um, yeah, it's two resets. two resets. Yeah, yeah. So no, there's no, no. this reset, so, the July fourth reset, and then it's out. So, so the third one from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and yeah, it comes with. You know, I think the biggest thing is going to be the new Mega Dungeon. Of course, is the big thing. But then there's also uh, the new augmentation spec, which is there. The Kalimdor Cup, which is a dragon fighting event all over Kalimdor, is in there. Um, there's something called Whelp Daycare, where you, I think you can raise a little whelpling. Um, and then Time Rifts, which are just new public events. So um, lots of new like world content plus the dungeon. So yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be. Yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that or put that in the notes. But yeah, July 11th, new 1015 over there. So it's only yeah, only a couple weeks away. So yeah, yeah. Um, well, cool. And I think the final topic, only about 10 minutes left, I think, in our overall timer here is there were, we, we sort of, I don't know, actually, I don't even we touched on this. There were a number of nerfs to Aber or Aberus the raid over the past couple weeks. Um, and so, yeah. so what I, I, maybe we talk about the, the easy ones first and then the, then the interesting one we'll say, yeah, <laughs> I think everybody knows. Okay. So the first, the first set of nerfs is just an easy one. Kassara got a health reduction and then also a damage reduction on internal fusion, internal fusion or infernal fusion, I'm sorry, which is when you cross the beams. So yeah. damage reduction 10% there and then 10% health nerf there. Then Sarkareth um, got a number of nerfs, particularly to the damage that they're doing, along with some visual clarity updates. So they updated the visual clarity on both the red swirlies in P1, the fire things, and then the oblivion... Uh, not oblivion whatever the purple swirlies are in phases yeah two and three. i think they're literally called moats of oblivion so like you're yeah. not far off yeah um along with that they also lowered the damage of scorching detonation and oblivion by 10 percent um which we thought that's a decent number of nerfs but what actually happened particularly to oblivion is it ended up they ended up over nerfing it um and basically it turns out they actually nerfed it by about 33 percent the damage to oblivion which is fairly large we'll say um yeah to the Oblivion, point oblivion is around 60 percent of all the damage that was taken yep. in phase two and phase three of sarkarath yeah and by nerfing it by 33 percent, essentially the the only healing check in that fight is p1 meaning if you yeah. get through p1 cleanly the actual damage that's done or like particularly from oblivion is is reduced by yeah 33 percent. It's a, it's a it's a large damage reduction to the point where like i think the, the initial math that I saw in this initial sort of just anecdotal, maybe not math, we'll say, we'll say anecdotal kind of like responses to this was like the P2 and P3 healing checks are like lower than Rashok is um, in yeah. Mythic um, and about, I think, even with it in Heroic. So, yeah, it's a, it's a huge amount of just 
general damage reduction across the fight. Um, Blizzard did come out and say they're not going to change this. This over-nerfing of Oblivion will stay in place. Um, but it, it, it basically will make your progression through P, P, uh, progression through Phase 2 and Phase 3 of this fight um, significantly easier. So, Yeah, I mean, I think that they came out and they said, you know, we're not going to, you know, fix this. Partially for technical reasons. Like, if you look at the, the actual spell data from the nerf, they changed the coefficient on the, the damage modifier for Oblivion from 3 to 2.7. Mm-hmm. And basically what it looks like actually happened is that that field that they modified doesn't actually accept fractional values. So when it dropped below three, it went straight to two, which is a 33% nerf. Yeah. Um, so I suspect that there's some technical limitations there that would have been hard for them to fix, but I don't have any like internal knowledge or anything. That's just me guessing. Yeah. Um, but then also due to the whole Skarn situation, I think that they were concerned about basically giving, you know, 30 guilds that killed it between the Tuesday where the nerf happened and the Thursday where people realized, hey, this is broken. Yeah. Um, a significantly easier boss after what happened with Skarn. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the other, I guess, the other part of this. So actually, well, one final thing on on Sarkarth is, is the visual updates, I think, are the... Well, Oblivion, of course, the damage reduction is massive in terms of the fight design. But then also the, the visual updates are really clear now. So it's very clear where the red swirlies are, very clear where the purple swirlies are. So you shouldn't yeah. have any ambiguity in like where you're standing or what you're standing in, which is, which is a good change. They need yeah. to stop doing floor color with like projected texture of ability having a similar floor color like thing i don't they did think this on Denar- denathrius denathrius like, yeah it was very clear i mean even the i think it's more the purple swirlies on sarkarth the old ones they were that i don't know they're just like a muted purple that sometimes looked very similar to the the floor well it was also that you couldn't see them under the meteor effect in phase that's three. so yeah that's um i we actually like i had one where we were just group soaking a meteor in phase three on heroic and I was tanking and I got sent down while my co-tank was downstairs because I was in the group so couldn't see the swirly under me and just went downstairs. It's like, oh, well, I guess we're dead now. Yeah. Yeah. The boss just ran around one-shotting people while both tanks were downstairs. So funny. Um, Um, And so that's the other thing that they changed about the swirlies in phase three is actually that they basically stack on top of the meteor so you can see them. Yeah. Yeah, which is good. Um... But then I guess on to the, the larger fight that was nerfed this week, which is old Mythic Sakarn. So um, we'll cover the unimportant ones and maybe then the more interesting ones. So first off, Elimination Protocol, which is the lines that go out on targets, had its damage reduced by 20%, which I think is just helpful to sort of get rid of some of the weird one-shotty stuff that could happen. Um, they also increased the duration of salvage parts, so which are the things you pick up off of golems. They now stay on you for two minutes versus just a minute which helps in like holding on to some of them to get specific traps. This is actually um, a, a nice little change because one of the things that would happen is you would have trap parts and you just had to use them or you would lose them. So you would just get rid of a random trap. And then the very next set of traps you get, you would get like completely screwed by RNG and you had just had to use your trap removal on something that didn't matter, which was very frustrating. You couldn't like, yeah. you couldn't actually save traps to deal with the really bad RNG. Now you can do more of that, so that does help. Um, yeah. Also want to mention the other part of the elimination protocol nerf. Uh, they reduced the 
like when you get hit, it was 500% increased damage to this next time you got hit. Now it's 300%. So those two things combined, I think means that you don't get literally one shot by the second hit. It's just, you know, very dangerous. The first one. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and then the final, which is probably the biggest, the biggest nerf or the biggest change of the fight is that Dragonfire traps now activate consistently based on Sakarn's location. So there's a couple different, I mean, I think the main way to interpret this is that the random traps that are spawned around the arena no longer occur. Um, traps will be based on where Zakarn um, is positioned. Um, the one question I have, which I don't think came out, I don't think anyone's, these aren't live yet, they go live with the, the reset With the weekly reset, week. yeah. Um, is Does this mean there are now only two traps spawned each time they spawn? Or are there now three or four traps spawning around Zakarn on Mythic, which means maybe that's worse <laughs> yeah i hope it's neither of those i hope i genuinely i hope it's neither of those i hope it's not just two traps because then like the damage check there is just like you need like less damage to kill that than you needed to kill like Brickkeeper diurna or something it's yeah. just it's not a thing um what i hope it means personally and what i think it means is basically you get two traps near in the same pattern as you do now and you get two traps far and they're deterministic to some degree like they're just far from the boss gotcha um or you know just not right on top of it so that you get four traps and just like make melee miserable um but also aren't dealing with you know two random traps that sometimes wall you off from an important place that you're trying to get yeah um so yeah there's a lot we could say about Skarn. I think we're both kind of on the same page that the general community reaction to Skarn ended up being more or less memed to death. Yeah. Like the boss was not great, but there was something good there and it wasn't actually that bad. It was annoying no. to progress, right? It was yeah. annoying to like wipe to really bad trap rng right but i think i and yeah we mentioned this in the pre-show a little bit is it like the the rng factor i think was less less obtrusive right i think this wasn't a fight that was on rails it was like you you moved here 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 and here always the same time at this point in time like you couldn't it wasn't as scripted would have been the right word to use there um so you did have to deal with rng traps but like i feel like there was always a way to deal with them if you communicated so i think it was more of a fight and probably the first one of the first fights where like the entire time you needed two or three people in key roles to always be communicating, meaning like your trap clears need to communicate with your tanks and then someone needed to, be, needed to be calling positioning. And so, yeah, you could get a bad trap spawn, which spawned maybe where you were moving or where your only safe spot was to, tr to sort of bait an elimination protocol yeah. or not elimination protocol, but the breathy from the, the, from the, the tactical destruction, yeah. tactical discretion. Right. But I think in general, as long as you were, you were good at communicating what was happening then the raid could sort of move together and sync. So it's almost like a yeah. like an elongated mecha torque, right? Where like instead yeah. of just a few people having communicating shapes during intermission, you had to communicate for the entirety of the fight. And like yeah. I agree. There the random trap spawn, there were definitely times where we would wipe or we've wiped and it, there was like quote unquote nothing we could have done. Meaning like Right. I think that that's a little bit hyperbolic. I've definitely said the same thing, right? Like yeah. I, I think that um Technically speaking, there's always something that could have been done. Practically speaking, a lot of the time, like there was a very big gap between like some sets of traps that you could get and some yeah. some others. 
like sometimes you could get two traps at your location that you were put like your landing zone where you were running away from your tactical destruction and you get those while you're running away from tactical destruction that is just massively massively harder exactly than basically anything else you could get there um but if you get it on the set before or the set after it's actually super chill and you can just remove them right it's it's the the ones and the fact that it's like hard to do it like you can't have you can't be like oh everybody stop we gotta let our trap clearers clear this both because you don't have any trap clears yet because you haven't killed the golems from that set yet and you can't hold on to the previous set of golem trap clears for that set because they would expire after 60 seconds yeah i mean there was definitely that was and that's sort of i think the one thing of the fight that has been my point always is that it seemed like traps were on a 2x speed and every other mechanic was at 1x where like there needed to be like some sort of either quickening of certain like the rest of the mechanics or slowing down trap spawns slightly so um um, fun fun little thing that i noticed uh on lower difficulties of scarn golems happen in between tactical destructions instead of during tactical destruction that's like a way that they reduce the difficulty of the fight for lower difficulties. Gotcha. That um, makes sense. And that would actually dramatically reduce the difficulty of Mythic Scarn because then you do, by changing that timer, not only is it easier to deal with the golems because you don't have to do it during during tactical, tactical destruction, but mm-hmm. you also have your trap clears for that. Hypothetically, like there's still the problem of actually targeting the trap and using the thing while you're moving. But at least in theory, you would have had a trap clear that you could use. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I think again, I think the 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 backlash, even in my own raid group, like I would say that like there's probably like four or five people that share my sentiment of like wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. But the majority yeah. of my raid group is on that sort of bad wagon of saying like this is the worst fight ever. We're like, I mean, we were Kel- even talking in the pre-show we, like we were. Kelfazad like, was worse. Kelfazad is worse. Like arguably is his worst to wipe to having to kill something within a specific eight second window like three times in a row <laughs> like that yeah. to me was more frustrating wiping to that than like getting knocked back Kel- from scarred into yeah. a trap spawn and then dying like that's like okay well go next right like it's yeah even so. then like kelthazad is just like one person messes up in your whole raid wipes kind of thing where like you have your yeah. downstairs team and one person and it dies and now you you don't kill it in time and your entire upstairs group has to like stop so you can kill them. Like even when you had the damage to do it down a person in the down yeah. phase on farm, you then had to have your entire upstairs stop. So they didn't so kill that, theirs fast. So they didn't kill theirs too fast. Um, it was just a whole thing. It was a pain in the ass. At least on Skarn, one person messing up is one person dying. Yeah. A lot of the time. That's just how it is. Now, there are people that can like be the one person that messes up and just the entire raid dies, because I've done that. Yeah. That's a that's yeah. very that's very much a tank thing. Uh or you know, the odd like uh take an elimination person. protocol over the stack spot where you're supposed yeah. to be the safe spot yeah. and like yeah. yeah, running it through the raid. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like a couple things, but it's not nearly as egregious as Keltazah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. And and yeah, even I mean, even I'd say even Fate Scribe was worse and like Oh yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. So I, I, I would say that like community perception probably overblown and you're right like a little memed about but um at the same time i i i'd like i i think we need to see what this first bullet point is which is that yeah. like how the yeah. traps actually activate so yeah i i i will say that i had fun progressing this boss but in a lot of ways it was 
it was a little bit of like fun in spite of the boss because of the people I was playing with. Right. Like more so than like the boss itself was fun. Uh, There are bosses that are fun, even if you're playing it with like randos or people that you don't like. Yeah. Um, That's not scarred. (laughs) Yeah. But it was definitely a boss that you could have fun on. And I did. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It's a, it was a, it was a decent, it was a decent, uh, decent little, decent little fight. So, um, but cool. I think that is, that is everything. We're a little bit over our 60 minute target time. Our new yeah, target I think time. that's okay. I think, yeah, I think we're, okay. I think we're okay. But, um, I didn't, I didn't have anything else. Um, other than I got to get, I have to get ready for Sarkarath this week. So yeah. Like, phase one, phase one hurts, but yeah, then you get what... phase two and phase two doesn't hurt. So you actually, so you can kind of just throw all of your healing cooldowns in phase one. And then have them all back for the end of phase three when you need them. Yeah, exactly. That's that's going to be the plan. Although, to be fair, our biggest issue is just going to be having a consistent comp, we'll say, over the next couple of weeks because <laughs> vacation boss is hitting us pretty hard. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Good luck. Good luck with that. Yeah. We'll, see. we'll see how we go. We'll see how we do. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that is going to be it for our show today. Thank you all for watching and or listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to support it and the other work that we do over at the Peak of Serenity, you can do that over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash Peak of Serenity. And of course, come and join the Discord. That is the best place to keep up with the up and coming tech around stuff like Press the Advantage or the new uh, the new Brewmaster rotational stuff around Blackout Combo with Tiger Palm and when it's good and when you really shouldn't do it. Uh, and all courts, all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, that is it for the show today. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.